0: Hi, and welcome to Experience Points by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. I'm your host, Dave Ang from Games Based Learning by University XP. Find out more at universityxp.com. On today's episode, we'll cover how to play test for success. Playtesting is one of those functions of game design that designers struggle with. It's often as difficult a function as the design process itself, particularly if you are very close with your design and are very sensitive to any changes with it. While that connection can be good for some mediums, game design is not one of them. That's because games are meant to be played by the players. Because of that, we need to make sure that our games impart the kind of player experience that we want our players to have. We need to play test in order to do that. Playtesting is a cornerstone of responsible design and a professional practice. Playtesting ensures that the player experience is truthful, our concept is sound, our gameplay is applicable, and our games accessible. This episode will review the role of playtesting games. It will cover what a playtest is, as well as reasons why designers should playtest their games. This episode will also cover some player limitations of playtesting, as well as how to keep designer bias in check. Objectives of playtesting and stages of playtesting will also be covered and discussed. Advice is provided on collecting information during a playtest, as well as where to playtest. This episode ends with how you can use playtesting to grow as a designer, as well as how to serve as a good playtester yourself. Playtest is an exercise of engaging with an unfinished game. It's done in order to get feedback from the design and serves as a critical aspect of the game design process. Playtesting can take many different shapes and forms, but ultimately, playtesting is used to prove the concept of the game for its intended audience, the players. Playtesting can include discussing game structure, theory, and theme, providing a working prototype, a finished near-final draft, and anything in between. With the growth of gaming audiences, playtesting can take on many different shapes and forms. It is intended to serve the designer in order to create what they want for their audience, the gamers. Other than proving the formal structure of games... Playtesting also serves additional purposes. One of them is quality control for multiple aspects of the game. Those include the player experience, balance, theme, content, and accessibility, just to name a few. In addition, playtesting also provides designers with validations for their designs. Are these designs something that will work for their players? Are these games something that are honest, effective, and engaging? Playtesting helps to answer these questions. Unfortunately, many new designers are hesitant to playtest their games for many reasons. Some of them stem from privacy of designs to unwillingness to share to embarrassment and everything in between. However, in order to grow as a designer and to validate your ideas, playtesting will serve as a necessary but challenging next step in your practice. That doesn't mean that playtesting doesn't have limitations. Some limitations come from the players themselves, while others come from the designer's own bias. Players often approach games in the playtest with preconceived notions about how the games are designed to play and operate. That is okay. We all come to games with preconceived notions of what we want them to be based on our past experiences. A good example are tabletop players who have largely played games about managing resources. If those players have played games where managing resources also includes trading, then their experiences will largely be informed by the inclusion of a trading mechanic in their resource management games. So their experience could be tainted if your resource management game doesn't have a trading mechanic. But the limitations don't end with the players. Designers can be biased as well. When working in a medium for too long, it becomes very difficult to objectively examine the game from the player's perspective. Writers face the same challenges when they become too close to their work. They need other writers, editors, and proofreaders to review their content before revisiting it themselves. This mentality can often end up with designers keeping aspects of games they are enamored with, but ultimately don't work for their players. Sometimes you have to kill your darlings in order to get your game to the next level. After all, it's the player's experience that will dictate the kind of effect that your game will have in the community. In addition, game designers can take too much of a leading role during a playtesting session by dictating too much of the action. They may not let the individual players take on roles and compete as they wish. This often biases the information that can be accurately gained from a playtest. Often this extends into designers sharing too much background on their game design with players before they actually play it. Instead, designers should preface their playtests with basic information. Players will play for a given amount of time during a playtest and then be asked a series of questions. Making sure that the bulk of questions and answers remain after the playtest is important for making sure that the momentum is kept up during gameplay. Deeper conversations during the game will inevitably bias playtester's perceptions. Also, making sure that designers remain as unobtrusive as possible during a playtest is critical. This is done in order to maximize the amount of interactions that players can have with the game. The designer won't always be there when the game is played, so it's worth it to determine what that experience will be like without their input or guidance. Playtesting objectives are always set by the designers. While at the highest level, a playtest provides an overview of the player experience, especially how players react to the game's theme and how mechanics affect their interaction with it. That means that playtesting is much like a usability test to see how players read and react to the game. This allows playtesters to provide feedback on what they think about the game. Playtesting takes all different shapes and forms, but a focused playtest is led with the designer identifying what they want from the players. That could specifically focus on theme, mechanics, fun, or any other aspect of the game. However, certain aspects are harder to test than others. Fun is one of the hardest things to playtest in a game, but that shouldn't discourage designers from engaging in this very critical stage of the game design process. Playtesting can also be a simple process of players playing the game and then asking players what they thought about it. That means that playtesting requires players give designers honest and open feedback. While all feedback should be accepted, it doesn't always need to be interpreted or applied in the way intended by the player. Rather, feedback is applied and interpreted by the designer via the means that they see fit, often in line with the game's treatment or game design document and according to the specific stage of the playtest. Not all playtests are considered equal, and they shouldn't have to be. Different designers with different designs and in different stages of their game development require different stages and types of playtests. Though, designers should err on conducting casual playtests early on. This will help them determine if the core loop of their game works and if players will continue playing. But in reality, it's never too early to conduct playtesting. This can be done by playing with game concepts or a very rough prototype. The focus here is to determine what is working and what is not as soon as possible. This early testing also provides designers with a tool to validate an idea, mechanic, or theme for the future design of the game. In addition, early playtesting gives the designer a good data that could be used later on in the design, particularly when it comes to finding out what players found most fun. With early playtesting covered, it's time to delve into different stages that designers can use during their playtest. Not all playtests will be the same. Some of them will concentrate on just the players, others will on a mechanic, and still others with the theme. A common misunderstanding is that every game needs major playtesting at all times. That can be tiring and not very useful. So instead, rely on the major phases of playtesting before focusing on different stages and how to use them. Let's start with the self-test. The self-test is a time for the designer to take their concept, game, or prototype and begin playing it with it themselves. If it is designed as a solo game, then this step is relatively easy. The designer can also play the role of other playtesters for any games that require more than one player. This can be more easily done with ortho games than others, but this stage is important in order to determine if the game at its very basic level is playable. This is the playtesting phase that most people see. A designer brings a prototype to a group, explains how it's played, and what kind of feedback they are looking for. Then they all begin a play session. This is when the designer asks for detailed feedback about the game, including what was fun, what should definitely be kept, and what should definitely be removed. Playtesting with other gamers, designers, friends, and colleagues is where designers will gain the most insightful information that will influence their path moving forward. Now let's address blind playtesting. Blind playtesting is often the hardest and most difficult hurdle for designers. That's because they can no longer play an active role in the playtest process. At this stage, the designer is not part of the playtest at all. Players are only given the game and instructions. Players are meant to play the game in the manner that it will be consumed. This represents the ultimate test for a game and the stage right before it is published or launched for crowdfunding. Now let's address playtest phases. Phases include a very broad overview of the state of a particular design. Playtest stages refer to the specific outcome that the designer hopes to achieve through their playtest. Concept testing is a stage that can be applied early on in the process. This is a means for the designer to discuss and test concepts for the game that are in development. Concept testing could include talking about the theme, collection of mechanics, player goals, player experience, or specific rules or structures. Concept testing is often used to determine if a particular design would be fun and engaging for players. Scattershot testing isn't the same as concept or traditional playtesting. In scattershot testing, the designer looks to highlight the fun or aha moments of players where there has been a significant moment in the player experience. It's here where the designer begins to ask the questions, why did that happen, and what were the steps leading up to that moment? Often those moments and those stages can be the defining characteristics of the game design. Experience testing is about determining what the players are experiencing as they play. This is a stage that is focused mostly on how the players are playing and what they are feeling rather than what they are doing. This is a stage that focuses entirely on the player experience and what emotions and feelings they have as they play your game. Stress testing is one of those stages that receives much focus with many modern New York game designers. Stress testing includes testing a mechanic, action, or strategy of players in order to determine if it's imbalanced or adversely affects the game. Stress testing focuses more on the mechanical and moving parts of the game rather than the experiential components of gameplay. Accessibility testing is one of those stages that often gets forgotten or left at the very end of the process. But accessibility testing is something that should be included more often in early prototype iterations. In accessibility testing, designers determine if players perceive their game as accessible. This could include many things, such as symbols, icons, and colors. These are aspects that will affect the player experience, but may not be entirely evident from the designer's perspective if they fail to think about accessibility during the design process. Playtesting is a serious and important part of game design, but so is making sure that the process is a useful one. That means that collecting information throughout the playtest is crucial. This can take many forms, including recording some objective concepts, such as documenting players' shared feedback about what they thought. It's at this stage when designers shouldn't editorialize. They should collect all information from their play testers first. It's often easier to capitalize on criticism of the game design rather than having your players telling you, it's good. This is particularly useful when players tell you about their favorite parts of your game or the one thing that they would definitely keep. Those are often the most fun or engaging parts of your design that are working best for your players. While it's important to write down these sentiments as players are playing your games, it's also good practice to record other things about your players. Those can include facial gestures and other body language. Often, these can be great ways to determine what players are feeling instead of them articulating it later during the question and answer part of your playtest. In addition, it's also good practice to encourage your players to think out loud as they play your game. This will help you determine the options and paths that players are taking as they make choices in your game. These choices could reveal other aspects of your player's behavior that you didn't previously anticipate. While it's also good to ask questions at the end of your playtesting session, you don't always have to follow that path. Often, breaking the cycle of play after about 20 minutes of testing can help stir some interesting conversation and feedback from your playtesters. You can then resume the playtest with that information and make further changes or tweaks as you deem necessary. Finally, log all of your comments, feedback, and information from your players in a dedicated playtesting journal that details the development of your game. This is something that should be kept separate from your other designs and something that should accompany your game's prototype as you continue to design, develop, and playtest it. This playtesting journal is your record of what changes you've made, why you've made them, and the effect that those changes have had on the player experience. Knowing how to run a playtest is one thing, but knowing where to playtest is something else. One of the best ways to start is to ask your family, friends, and local gaming group. These are often people that already know you and are willing to give you their time and some feedback on your game. You can also turn towards your friendly local gaming store, otherwise known as an FLGS, where you can work with the store's management to set up a playtest session. You can also approach their patrons directly to determine if they want to playtest your game. Always ask the store's management to determine if and how they would like to work with you as a designer to playtest your games. Finally, you can always turn to playtesting specific events and conventions like Metatopia, where the focus is to playtest many designers' games. Other options include Protospiel and Unpub, where you can find other like-minded designers and playtesters. Of course, getting feedback from your game design is important, but so is growing as a designer. That is another reason why playtesting is important for professional development. Because playtesting is professional development that can be applied in multiple ways. The first is networking. Meeting and working with other designers will help you grow, develop your contacts, and connect with others who are facing the same difficulties and challenges as yourself. Another is designing within constraints. Often designing games comes with their own set of constraints that you probably weren't aware of. One of the first constraints that I dealt with as a designer was never having designed a tabletop game before. But it was something that I overcame with practice, networking, and many mistakes. It can sometimes be a hard road to travel. However, with practice and dedication, you can learn to move past this challenge and towards other design constraints like using only specific mechanics or components or designing for a very specific audience. Finally, playtesting other designers' games gives you some insight on other people's thought processes, techniques, and solutions for solving their common challenges. This exposure to new techniques provides you with an overview of how you might adapt and use them for your own practice. Of course, playtesting other designers' games also makes you a playtester. While playtesting and designing are often two different roles, you must become adept at one while you become better at the other. With that in mind, here are some tips for becoming a good playtester. First, choose to playtest games that fit your own gaming preferences and style. If you like social deduction games, then look to playtest other social deduction games. If you like really crunchy number games, then seek out designers that also design those type of games. Often a happy playtester is a better playtester. An excellent playtester will also get better at learning the rules of a new game quickly, but you don't have to worry about all of the details of the game from the beginning. You can rest assured that at some point, these rules and structures will change. The designer is in the charge of leading the playtest and can fill in the information as it arises. While you may not know all of the rules of the game that you're playtesting, you should keep in mind to playtest the game as it's meant to be played, not the way you think it should be played. This goes the same for playtesting the game for what it is and not what you want it to be. Maintaining the spirit of the game is one that all players should strive to uphold, whether with a published game or a prototype. You should also ask questions as you're playing the game, but save the discussion for the designer until after the playtest is over or until there is a specific time set aside for that deep discussion. It's important to avoid interrupting the flow of the game with specific insights or suggestions until it's called for. If you feel that you won't remember what you want to say after a length of time, then you should feel free to take notes. Finally, do provide feedback to the designer that's clear, direct, and honest. Sometimes novice playtesters won't know how to articulate what they Mm -hmm. want to communicate to designers. Experienced designers can take very diverse feedback and use it to improve their designs. Realize this conversation is a two-way street that exists for the benefit of playtesters and designers alike. Also, don't judge the components. These are prototypes after all. This episode reviewed the role of playtesting games. It covered what a playtest is, as well as reasons why designers should playtest their games. This episode also covered some player limitations of playtesting, as well as how to keep designer bias in check. Objectives of playtesting and stages of playtesting were also covered and discussed. Advice was provided on how to collect information during a playtest, as well as where to playtest. This episode ended with how you can use playtesting to grow as a designer, as well as how to serve as a good playtester yourself. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like to learn more, then a great place to start is with my free course on gamification. You can sign up for it for free at universityxp.com slash gamification. You can also get a full transcript of this episode, including links to references in the description or show notes. Thanks for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Dave Ang, from Games Based Learning by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. If you like this episode, please consider commenting, sharing, and subscribing. Subscribing is absolutely free and ensures that you'll get the next episode of Experience Points delivered directly to you. I'd also love it if you took some time to rate the show. I live to lift others with learning, so if you found this episode useful, consider sharing it with someone who could also benefit. Also, make sure to visit UniversityXP online at universityxp.com. UniversityXP is also on Twitter at university underscore XP and on Facebook and LinkedIn as UniversityXP. Also, feel free to email me anytime. My email address is dave at universityxp.com. Game on.